Hi, you are listening to The Zid and Fizz Show, a talk show for entrepreneurs, angel investors, and everyone else. Good morning, welcome, and enjoy the show. Here they are. We're on. We're on. Hey, Zid, how are you? How are you? Good, how are you? It's amazing you're, you've decided to just keep following me all across the country. Yeah, on the, on the same time zone. On the same I'm time. not going to say where I am. I'm in a state <laughs> that starts with A and ends with A. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. back from Edmonton, a few degrees warmer. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and we need to be serious today because the Would Edmonton... You? Yeah. We were we had too much fun, so today we need to talk about serious topics. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I have two that I need to address with you. Let's do it. Get your opinion. Okay. Your expert opinion. I'm down. So the first one, I leave the the more tedious one to the next. So, so a business has three things, right? There's the Ziad theory. Mm-hmm. First, the product, mm-hmm. right? Imagine you're inventing a medical device that, I don't know, something, you put it in your ear and you tune out my voice. <laughs> so, <laughs> Why so would imagine, anyone do such a thing? Imagine that's your product, right? Okay. Then you have the business that sits on top of that product, right? So the business, there's you, our good friends, you put together a management team, you get some marketing, you put together a budget, you want to sell a whole bunch of these devices, you look for anybody who wants to tune me out, Mm -hmm. and you assess your market, you make a business plan. That's layer number two. Layer number three, you make a deal to investors and say, uh, Mrs. Investor, Miss Investor, Mr. Investor, Mm -hmm. here's what I have to offer to you, a piece of my business, convertible note or equity, which we will discuss. That's item two of today's discussion. Mm -hmm. And here are the terms, you know, valuation, blah, blah, blah. Here are some advisors I have, and that's the deal. So oftentimes, so would you be interested in a business that has two of these three? Or do you need to have all three aligned in order to activate your network? (laughs) Now, that's not a fair question because you already know the answer. I want all three. They all have to be aligned. They just, all have to be aligned. They all have to be aligned. Uh, so, so this is where entrepreneurs, I think, get tripped up because they too believe, well, this is just good enough. Well, you know, if they fund me, then I will solve the second one or the third one. Um, that's really not what most investors are looking for, unless you're at a very early stage and it's friends and family, and there's a lot of things you need to work out. So ideally, you have a lot of these things already worked out. Um, Now, that's me. That's me. There are, as you have said many times, Ziad, there are different kinds of investors out there. What kind of investor are you? How would you answer? So I tend to 
want to help. So if they're missing a piece, I say, well, we can help. But I've matured to realize, see, it took me a while to reach your level <laughs> of wisdom <laughs> that it's not that I want these three, right? It's not that the investors, the group, whatever. It's a business needs those three, right? Yeah. You need because you can have more challenges, Absolutely. growth challenges, all competitive challenges, more fundraising. So if you have a bad deal or a deal that's skewed toward one side, not the other, it comes back and bites you. If you don't have a management team, you have nothing as a business model. Yeah. You just have a product. That's right. Okay. Um, who's going to buy it? That's What's right. the true addressable market? Everybody comes with a $5 billion market, but <laughs> within that $5 million, there's only 50 people interested in a device that tunes out Ziad. Actually, more like, <laughs> Which is more like, that more like four. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and in fact... I want the names of every single person who buys this product. They're on, my, you, they're on my list. <laughs> if if they buy it, by the way, they listen to our podcast and just yeah. hear you, and they probably are very happy. So, <laughs> they will think I'm crazy. I'm just laughing on my own. Yeah. <laughs> but so we're we're very sincere about these three layers that um, people don't, unless it's friends and family, don't invest in project or product. And people that are enamored, I've seen countless investors basically be enamored with the product they're investing in and completely forget about the business and the deal That's because they love the products. Like, oh, this product does this. It's so fantastic. Um, and so, and we struggle when you and I mentor mm -hmm. and we see businesses and we were, we're telling them, look, you have layer one. You need two and three. <laughs> right. Right? Right. And then yeah. and then they look at us like like lost. What, lost what are you talking souls. about? What are you talking about? <laughs> so you know, Ziad, uh, I know you read a lot of things and, and so do I. Um and I actually came across an article today that I thought would be relevant to this topic. And it really has to do with this concept of how do you ask questions? How do you ask questions in a meaningful way so that it creates uh, empathy for others? How does it create trust? So you just ask in sequence a series of questions that entrepreneurs should all be ready for. What is it that you're solving? Do you have a plan going forward? Do you know how much money you need today and tomorrow? These are important elements of of the business opportunity. And in order to get there, a lot of times we do have to ask questions and we have to ask them in a way that reveals what we're looking for. Sometimes they're open-ended questions. Sometimes they're very specific questions, but all of it is intended to arrive at what you just described in those three steps, a solution, a plan, and capital. It all makes sense. Yeah. So. How would you ask the questions? Well, I mean, th th again, there's lots of ways of asking questions, you know. So sometimes the questions can come across as being very cooperative. 
Sometimes the questions that we ask may seem like they're a little bit challenging, but they are all designed, again, to arrive at an understand. That's, this is, by the way, we just did this, right? We just did this in Edmonton. How many times that we tell the entrepreneurs who are sitting there looking at us as though the headlights in our car is on and they're standing there frozen, write down the questions. We're having a mentoring session. Write down the questions that we're asking you because you're going to hear them again and again and again. And sometimes, again, we have to shift things a little bit because it's not we can't always get everyone's attention with the questions that we ask. And sometimes framing the questions in a in a more um, perhaps a little bit more challenging manner gets people's attention. And I think I think that's what this whole process of mentorship is about. One is to make the entrepreneur realize that there is hope within themselves, that we need to make them realize that there is hope in what they do and who they are. But at the same time, we're trying to outline for them a process by which they can make their opportunities investable. And and it's training. You know, it's, you're, it's all about... And said sometimes I personally like to ask either very difficult questions or very silly questions right. and see how they react. That's right. And 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 sometimes I at the end of the session I think that they don't like me at all. <laughs> and That's in fact, not true. In fact, they come and say thank you so That's much for asking the true. tough question. <laughs> you know, you know what was interesting. So so Niraj was there. Uh, Constantine was there. You were there and I was there. And we all have different styles of asking questions. Constantine's is one sequence of questions after another, right? He has a follow-up question one after other that feeds from the previous one. Sometimes my questions are more strategic. I leave it with an open-ended blank question that allows the entrepreneur to go down multiple pathways. Yours may be very targeted too, but all of the different styles are still trying to reach at the core of are you ready? Are you ready for investors? Are you ready to go and hit the marketplace and start generating revenue? Or is it going to be another five years? All of these questions, again, write down the questions. They're very revealing about what we're thinking. And we're testing your humility. And a lot, many, and I would even say the large majority of the entrepreneurs we see are more accomplished than us. Or oh. not you, not you, me. <laughs> you know, you're you have right. no, you're a, a medical right. doctor with a PhD right. and research and all kinds of things. You're right. And but we're testing their entrepreneurship skills. That's very true. And uh, and by the way, the four you just mentioned, that's why they call us the magnificent four. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> because we cover every aspect of we life. We do. And. No stone is left unturned no. after, you're, after we're done. <laughs> it's so true. And, uh, yeah, and, and we've received a lot of thank you messages because it's true. We're I'm really pleased when someone says this was a very valuable session because the point is not to catch you and then right. the point is to to teach you about yourself, show you things you haven't seen before, right. have a different perspective. Um, that's really important. Do you remember, I mean, I, I did, I, I mentioned that we all have different styles, right? So I remember at one point, uh, actually with at least half of the companies, I remember having to stop the conversation and asking a pointed, pointed uh, I remember right? that question. Right? It was very annoying. 
Right. <laughs> but, but the question was, why did you start a business? Yeah, why do people what, start a business? What is the yeah. point of a business, right? And yeah. so, you know, you know what's interesting, though? I think it was an assumption, an assumption of everyone that they knew, the entrepreneur knew why they started the business. And many of them said the answer they thought was the right answer. Well, because they're trying to please you. They want to say, okay, what's the answer? What does he want me to say? But the reality is, Ziad, let's remind our entrepreneurial audience, our investor audience, the point of taking something out of an academic environment, out of a technology transfer office, out of any place that it exists and creating a company what is the point of a company but to generate revenue? But the ones who struggle the most with that question are yes. science. science. Uh, you're going to do that. No, no hold on. Do that. They, do that. No, Everyone because you ask a science person, yeah. why do you start a business? And and I love some of their answers. Why do you want to start a business? To cure cancer. I mean, that's, that's so much do. better than to make money. I, well, I agree, but the fundamental aspect of a business is you have one product or a service that you're providing, and you know how to make a profit on top of that, and you give it to, you provide it to the consumer who wants to pay you a profit, who wants to pay you for what it's, it the market value or their perceived value of it. That's and the there point. There is a need also. There is a or need. Or you create a need. For sure. Um, yeah. But it's up to the entrepreneur to present the case to investors and say, look, I want to sell you a piece of my business and That's my right. business will do X, Y, Z. And in fact, the equation is fairly simple. And then this is how I'm going to give you your money back. Yeah. And this is how I'm going to give you a lot more That's right. money back. <laughs> That's it's not complicated. I mean, I... I love scientists, by the way, because I really do think they are brilliant. I think they are very capable, and I believe they are trainable. I believe there's a process by which you can learn how to sell. Not everyone, but I think there's a process by which you can learn how to sell. And so once you get to the point of believing the science and saying, I believe you, okay, this is an awesome technology. Now, show me why you created a business. Where's the business around this? Okay, we both saw a, uh, saw a presentation, yeah, and we we shall we can't we can't name it at this oh, stage, but stage. we both liked it a lot. A lot. And the person I didn't feel was selling for one second. Was so it? selling is irrelevant. That person was highly scientific, That's and right. all that person was saying was, "Here's what I'm doing." <laughs> I know, but but he didn't have to. He didn't have to. He didn't have to sell us on anything. We all saw the potential. We all saw the potential. Correct. And so, and, and therein and, lies. But he <laughs> he he has that confidence. That's right. He or she had that confidence that they didn't feel they need to convince anybody because they no were convinced and it no made sense. That's right. And we 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 all go back to tell a story. Tell a story. Tell a so, story. So let me give an example right now for our audience. And we didn't plan this, by the way, because you don't know what I'm about to say. Ziad, I'm going to ask you an open-ended question that's going to reveal something about you. Here's my question, uh, Ziad. Cool. Given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want to have as a dinner guest? 
dead or alive? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Given the choice of anyone in the world, Zion, who would you want to have as a dinner guest? Oof. God. Very good. So, so you see, by answering that question, by me asking the question, by the way, it may seem like a non sequitur. It's not a non sequitur. To me, that's an open-ended question that reveals something about the person I'm talking to. So you said, God. And in my mind, that is such a profound question. And it will lead, by the way, an answer, it will lead me to then ask a subsequent question, which is, tell me more. Why did you choose God? What did you want to learn? What did you want to have dinner with God for? But so, so you're trying to get to know me, let's say I investor, am. entrepreneur, it, of it's course. all a game to, to determine if that whole trustworthiness, intelligence, exactly. curiosity, and, uh, persistence. And listen, listen, I know this for a fact, okay? I know that it is very difficult for a lot of people to ask questions. I know because it creates a... a um, it creates a little bit of a hierarchy of, and, and a sense of insecurity that you may or may not seem intelligent when you ask the question. But here's the reality. As you learn to ask questions, you start to build bonds between yourself and the other side, right? So one part of it may be, I don't know why you would choose God for a dinner guest, but I'm curious now, and my curiosity will lead me to ask you a subsequent question. So there is this process by which people try to connect with one another, and some of the tools that we use come across with open-ended questions. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, I heard a really funny thing. Uh-oh. So this... this um... This guy, it was a tweet by someone, by the way. I didn't make it up, but he said that he, he was at Starbucks and he saw another man sitting at a table and he did not have a phone. He did not have an iPad. He did not have a laptop. He just sat there and he and he's like, he must be a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> for, for not for, so for for just, having for a conversation there. with <laughs> for just sitting there. Well, this, that comes down, goes back to your question, is, is engaging in conversation. I think it's very important. If you keep talking, That's right. you learn so much about, we don't need intimate details. We don't need personal information. We just need character information. So we uh, know whether we, uh, the investment is in good hands or not. That's it. Absolutely. And so, do do segment number two of the show. <laughs> we're yes, we're investing right. in these jingles, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> these uh, are new <laughs> digital digital jingles. Yeah. Um, by the way, Ryan had a really cool mic. We put it up on our LinkedIn. I, I am, I'm envious now. I, yeah. I, I, we I need, need to, to upgrade my mic. Yeah, get him back on the show. So anyway, so and this is a topic we'll talk about it multiple times. But it's important to address it because it came up during our mentoring and it comes up every other day in my life. Convertible notes versus equity. Yes. yes. And and um, people hate convertible notes. Yeah. I've grown to like them for specific reasons. I am, I'm with you. Yeah. And 
equity rounds are very expensive. So let's do a little game. Sure. Pros and cons. Are you up for a little duel? You let's take do a one. duel. Okay. Yes, let's do your, a duel. Your, I'll, I'll give you, I'll make it easy for you. Pick the one you want. Okay. Do you want, be, you be equity, I'll be convertible. Now. Okay, I'll be equity. Okay. So, um, I'm cheaper. I'm much cheaper. To, <laughs> I'm, I'm much cheaper. Legal fees are, I don't know, up to 5,000. Right. And equity is 50,000 probably. Um, um, and 50,000 divided by two, yeah. half. I, I should let you talk. I'm now doing both sides. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Convertible <laughs> notes. You yes. tell me why you like equity. Give me one, uh, one well, thing. One, I, I know what I'm purchasing. I know the price that I that I am I'm purchasing shares at. And um, I, I also believe that I can work with the entrepreneur and our group to to agree on a price. So um, so I like equity for that reason. I also like the term sheets that we put together where our rights, our governing rights, our voting rights, everything are very clearly defined. Uh, so for those reasons, that's why equity has always been my preference. But as you said also, there are circumstances where I might consider a convertible. So if, you do, if there's no price, uh -huh. so if you cannot agree on a price, so I say go with a convertible note and put a cap okay. and say, okay, we're not going to, we can't agree or, or we don't really know what the price would be. Mm -hmm. Let's put a convertible note with a cap. Right. Um, the convertible note is not on the cap table. Uh -huh. So that's a negative. That's a negative. That's very true. And well, well, technically they're supposed to keep track of it because uh -huh. it is debt. Yeah, on the side, on, on another side. cab. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I'm with you. There are no voting rights. No. Uh, I checked with some lawyers. You can have a board seat with a convertible note. You can. Because that's a separate issue. That's right. Um, you, if you're worried, and this is a plus one for me, if you're worried about your next investors, mm -hmm. right? Because you you might worry that a VC might push push the round down, mm -hmm. and you say you know what let's not price it or even if we can price it let's do a convertible note mm -hmm. with a cap and mm -hmm. we convert into the terms of the VC so we're protected. Mm -hmm. So it's it's an it's a VC protection mechanism. Yeah. And I've had uh, I've had that um, that benefit on, and I haven't done very many convertible notes to be quite honest, um, but but I have had that benefit come about. On at the same time, I've also had a negative experience with a note where the entrepreneur has refused to convert, even though remember there are lots of triggers, right? There are triggers in the note. One can be a date, the other can be a uh, a Series A or institutional investment. And what do you do when an entrepreneur refuses to convert the note? That's how, a tough how, one. That's yeah. A tough one. Yeah. And that's part that's part of the problem, I think, with notes is unless I have someone on the inside who is a friend of mine who's either a board seat or a big time investor in it and is willing to stand up for investor rights, 
because um, the last thing you want to do is get involved with litigation on an early stage startup. It's a nice way to kind of kiss your money and everyone's money goodbye. Um, I, I don't want to have those disagreements. And I find, again, I find it much more comfortable to be in the equity position. Than and then you accrue. So if they don't convert, you keep accruing interest. Right. And uh, I've seen also some startups doing multiple notes right that never convert like they that keep raising our notes so right right uh, so you like we say about looking backwards you you have to focus on the conversion right. when and how and if there's no conversion in sight maybe a note is not the right mechanism that's right you know and, and this is where having some experience with you know i don't want to call it creativity but having experience um, raising money and knowing what the cap table looks like from one stage to the next and knowing what dilution looks like. I, I, I prefer entrepreneurs who really do have an understanding of that or that they have advisors or investors who also understand those things so that the entrepreneur doesn't have to learn on the job. If you're learning by just writing safe notes, if you're learning just by writing a convertible note because it's more convenient or it's less expensive or less you know, time consuming, I, I don't like those kinds of answers. I prefer to do something because it's strategic. It's the yes, right thing. And, and I've seen it well. Oh, we're raising money. We're not sure. It's a convertible note. Right. And there's no plan about the next round or the conversion. And it's, I, it's, it's yeah. come back to me when you have a plan. Come back to me when you have an equity round because I don't want to be part of a loosey goosey. But I do like this. Listen, I love notes. I love notes that are short term notes because it really truly is a chance for people to get in before the conversion happens. So if you get in on a note and you have a cap and you know the next round of financing is going to be at a higher valuation and it's only going to take a month for that to happen. I don't count on the interest or or any of those things. I, I just want to know that, look, you have a plan to get your It's a bridge. Paid. It's a bridge. It's a, it's a bridge. And, is, and another good thing about notes, they, you can do rolling closes. True. So you can use the money as it comes in, depending on how you set it up. So you don't have to um, wait for a big minimum or so. There is, it's a tool. It's Let's a tool. agree. That's, it is it's a tool. It's a tool that's, that agree. should be used for the right things. It's like saying, I'm going to go, I don't know. Dig so, a hole and you show up with an X. This is where, again, asking the right questions, even though it may be disagreeable to the entrepreneur, is an important skill to have. So I want to ask questions of the entrepreneur. Why did you choose this fundraising pathway? Help me learn and let's exchange some ideas here. Let me understand that you understand we're trying to build a bridge, not only for you, but for, between us. I want to have a rapport and a trust and a friendship with the entrepreneur. And so it's I, a beautiful thing when a conversion happens, right? Course, we talked it about is. it last time. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And um, how about, it never has happened to me, uh -huh. can, a conversion to exit. Wow. Well, isn't that exciting? It hasn't happened to me either. Yeah, right? maybe. Wouldn't that one be our, if one of our listeners had that, <laughs> email us. <laughs> All right, Fizz. Yeah, this, uh, this was yeah. great. Absolutely. Good talking to you. Talk Take to you next care. time. Take Bye. Care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Zid and Fizz Show. 
I hope you enjoyed it, learned something, and had a good time. Remember, you can send questions to talk at zidandfid.com. Until next time, bye-bye.